Coming up, Sven just keeps pounding poor DL with pop banger after pop banger. A good old-fashioned album review is next. That's episode 18. Verse chorus verse with me is the six string slapper Sven Knudsen. Sven, how are you I'm tonight? Slappy, I guess. How are you? Where are you? I'm in Orlando, the touristiest place of all time. Is that what you call it? That's an accurate statement. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've only been to Orlando like a handful of times and. All I know is that I got yeah. to float down a lazy river for a couple of times. And if you don't know what a lazy river is, you really need to find out because it's the greatest thing that ever existed. Is it really lazy, though? Because I feel like I've had to do some work no. in and out of a lazy river. No, I just lay there. It's the great. You just lay there. Yeah. It's the greatest thing ever. I'm doing some work in Orlando. I'm at a uh, hotel room. But we're still hard chargers, our Sven and I. Ride or die, right, Sven? Yeah, you know how we do. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. We are, look, it's been a long time since we did this, but we are back to just doing an old school traditional album review. Sven gave me an album that he wants me to listen to. I gave him an album I want him to listen to. And that's what we're going to do, right? That's, we're going to start listening right now. We are? Or are we going to talk about it? Well, we can talk about it. It doesn't really matter. What I really want to know is who's going first? Who are we talking about first? Whose turn is up first? That is a good question. We should have talked about this beforehand. We didn't. That'll determine what happens before we get to the more important question of the episode. So... If I'm first, my next move is strategic. I love this. This might be my favorite thing that's ever happened on this show. So I'm going to say, was our last review the classic? No, it couldn't have been. Couldn't have been the classic one, could it? Well, are you counting uh, 1989, the guest episode? I mean, that wasn't like a traded review, but that was an album review. Yeah, then I guess if you don't count dissections, the last time we traded albums, I believe was... Yeah. That was really it. A classic. Huh? It's like we don't talk albums anymore. It's so sad. With each what other. What happened to us? I guess I gave you Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill went second. You are going to be going first. Sounds good. Before we get to that, I'm just going to ask you, Sven, how's your week been? Have you been good? I see a very beautiful guitar right behind your shoulder. You see that? That is the newest member of my family named Freya. Freya. And uh, everybody that can't see it right now, it is a Stratocaster that I custom made from blank pieces of wood, which was a whole skill set. I mean, I'd done woodworking before, but that was an adventure. Luthiering is hard, hard stuff. This has been an ongoing project for a couple of months. I finally got it pretty much. It's playable. I have a playable, customized Stratocaster. I am pretty sure i haven't heard anything you've recorded on it yet is it no you said i have it, not you said recorded it. with it yet it needs some adjustments so 
the bridge um, hasn't been dialed in, and the nut. I need a new nut. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm in the process of hunting down a bone nut that um, (laughs) I will notch myself. I'm going to notch my nut and get these (laughs) strings sitting a little bit (laughs) cozier in them and get that action nice and low. It sounds great. The action's really high, so it's... um, You can't write this stuff. (laughs) No. My nut is lifting the strings way too high from the fretboard, so there's too much action, and I can't play fast. That's the greatest sentence that has ever existed right there. Uh. (laughs) That's definitely our tagline. So with that... We're going to go to the most important part of the night. Sven, what are you drinking, Mr. Ten Barrel Hat? Well, I'm not drinking something from Ten Barrel, but I am going to drink a Star Valley IPA. This, since I get to go first and we're talking about the band and the album that you gave me, I don't know why, but this can reminds me of that. Not just the Star Valley, but the artwork on it. It's spacey. It's just this black and white can with like a weird starry sky with some swirly galaxies and some mountains and a dude in a hoodie just staring up at the stars and once we dive into this album i think you'll see the connection that is a really cool can we're about to talk about an album that fits that we also just did a revisited on kid a Mm -hmm. that also fits that yeah that is a badass i'm i'm extremely impressed by that i am way less impressive tonight i am Going full Dave Grohl. Yeah. I am all about the Coors Light tonight. Yeah. So the work that I did, we finished our our big, big job tonight, went out to dinner, got back to the hotel at about nine minutes before this podcast, ran down, got about four big, huge Coors Lights, and here we are. There you are. Everybody that's listening, don't worry. I'm already lit. <laughs> we're, we're good to go. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever has to worry about that. <laughs> we're always going to be a little bit sauce. So stick around for about, I don't know, 12 seconds. We will be right back. go um wow we haven't done this for a while for this week i gave sven big black delta's self-titled album so when you first sent it to me i mean it's been I feel like we picked albums for each other like a year ago. So How many things have we done since then? You and I give a few albums to each other every time that we actually do this style. Yes. This might have been on the first one that I gave you. And while we're talking on it, I really, really need to give a true shout out to the artist himself because we have permission to play it. Jonathan Bates... Jonathan Bates. It's the name of the artist. It's a solo project from a gentleman that's in a band called Melodrone. And he gave us permission himself 
to play the music. So the music that you heard on the intro and the music that you're going to hear while we're describing his, to, to me, unbelievable music, we don't know what Sven thinks yet, is all thanks to him. I'm telling you, buy this album, do all the things, like all the stuff. It's the greatest thing ever when these artists let us play their music. Yes. And Big Black Delta. That's Big Black Delta. And it is. And this album, the self-titled, they've mm-hmm. they've got a couple, or he, I should say. This was the original, the first uh, release in 2013. So the reason I asked how long ago you gave this to me, on the second time you sent this one over, I gave it a very quick run-through. I listened to it just straight through. And then it sat for weeks, until this week, when I realized that I had been slacking and needed to do some homework (laughs) in preparation for tonight. Um, So, like a madman, I have been listening and taking notes, and what I... Okay, I'm going to get this out of the way right now before we actually talk about anything on the album or any, any of the details. I absolutely love and hate you for giving this one to me. <laughs> I, f- I feel I like, that. like you're inside my head a little bit with this selection. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Now, I'm going to save the love-hate for the, the album. I think you'll be able to guess when we start getting into it. But there there's a lot of soundscapes yeah. and, and sounds in this album that I have been listening to a lot because of some other projects that I'm working on. Similar sounds, similar synths. So when I got around to listening to this, my ears were already pretty exhausted from repetitively listening to a lot of the same frequencies, same, you know, things, which okay. at first when I put this on, uh, I was kind of bummed out because I was a little concerned that mm. I wouldn't be able to actually give an honest opinion or really form an accurate review just from the ear fatigue. Gotcha. But when, when Put the Gun on the Floor, track one, started out, I immediately knew that I was not going to have any problems with that Ooh. because I started laughing so hard. Really? Only because this is probably not at all intentional, and I don't know if anyone else would ever pick up on this. For whatever reason, the intro, the very first, like, the grindy bass thing that starts in and the dun, groove that comes dun, in, dun, dun, dun. for whatever reason, it reminded me of the music that, that's... In, have you seen the movie Grandma's Boy? Yeah. When yeah. JP, the trench coat dude, the, the game programmer, JP, is in his like office that's basically a giant white room and he's in this like spaceship of a chair and he's got this music going. I laughed so hard because I was like, this is this has got to be that song. And it's not because oh, no. it, it's just oh, the no. intro. I started off on a light foot. Started off, that's not at all, I'm sure... <laughs> <laughs> what Jonathan Bates what was, he was going, going for. for. <laughs> but I will say that, like, it really, from there, launched into some really cool synths and vocal effects. Side of the Road, the second track, I'm a sucker for all these synthy kind of yeah. textures and keyboards and things going on. And then the, this vocal vocoder effect that he has on his voice. It's so appropriate for this project. Yeah. For this project, this was on point. I usually don't love super vocoder or auto-tune or things like that. I think yeah. it's a yeah. it's cool effect. Agreed. And when people do it in the right I spot. I completely agree. 
Mm -hmm. I have a hard time with vocoder. But to me, this guy has kind of perfected vocoder uh, harmonization. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do the, this is one, and then the the harmonization. The I've never heard a, a distorted vocal used like that. Yeah. But so well. Yeah. It's, it's really good. I'm glad that you jumped in with that. I was going to ask what you thought about the harmonies because... A lot of times... Fucking um, amazing. Right? Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I did not expect that. So I will say, total surprise, usually like electronic experimental albums, I, I don't find mm-hmm. them to be like super vocally interesting or impressive. So this kind of blew me away. For me, it went back and forth between grindy, industrially kind of stuff and then more just like synth mm-hmm. pop kind of stuff. And I really liked the mix up. Um, synth like, pop uh, is a really good kind of a neo synth, a really dark eighties. Yeah, Blade Blade Runner is what yeah. I kept going to. Yeah. I, yeah, when I first heard this, I kept comparing it to like Eyes Without a Face by Billy Idol. That sort of s- mm-hmm. super dark synthy eighties. Yeah. I could yeah stuff. Which he, I don't know if you knew this, but he, he when he was with Melodrone, he was tired of trying to figure out how to hook up with his bandmates because they all lived in a different place and and he wanted to do his own thing and he met uh alessandro cortini from nine inch nails and he was like here's <laughs> here's how you record your own shit how much sense does that make so that's awesome that you bring that up because i'm looking at my notes here for capsize which is the fourth track on this album and i'm like how it's really grindy and i love the tempo and it gives this intense movement to the track similar to Nine Inch Nails Closer, and how it just has this relentless, trudging forward feeling. Yeah. Yes, it's it's the most basic boom clap you can ever have. Boom clap, but slowed down to this. It's trudging and it's relentless and it doesn't stop. And I love it because it's not that song. It's not like he's copying Nine Inch Nails. Not at all. It just has the same feeling of heavy forward momentum at this uh, lugging heavy pace there's a lot of things that i think really connect i don't know not just nine inch there's a lot of industrial that comes on i think yes as the album progresses it even gets more industrial and a little more grindcore and things like that injected into it too there's a few tracks like that but before i get to the second half of this album i have to have to have to have to have to stop for a moment on money rain down mm. because yes yes yeah. yes yes more of because that of the brass more of yes i think it's a baritone sax that's either so much effects or just the synth yes those little staccato little percussive jabs at the beginning and then the bass line the bass comes in with one of my favorite progressions in pop music it's yeah i can't yes. you have to hear it we'll play it then you get to the verse and the bass 
fronts get a little more bubbly, and then the, the saxophones start doing these trilly little high fluttery things. And mm-hmm. anyone that's listened long enough to us knows that I'm a sucker for cool little saxophone unison lines. Oh my God. <laughs> Money rained down. I had to stop for a minute, take the <laughs> headphones off and like do a lap and then come back, put them back on and listen some more. That was like icing on the cake. That track made my week. And then after that, like we dive it. right back into just getting more industrial, more grindy, crunchy. This, there's a song called Betamax, which I think is really appropriately named. It's the, as Betamax <laughs> Sounds, as you can get. If there was, yes. Yeah. If there was going to be a music video yeah. that was going to be copied onto Betamax and the zebra zebra with an h Ooh, this is some tasty lounge like tasty soundscapes extreme bass yeah and then there's these little beepy clicky things that go on in the back right before and then during the the bass that you the big blasting kind of horn bass that sounds like i don't know i I'm trying to think of what it's almost I've like the, that in, you know, like the those... sound of the Zack Snyder soundtracks, Tenant, and okay. it's just this huge blasting. epic rock opera right in the middle of this that i fucking love you track it's this huge epic thing and to me it's massive has some of that rock opera kind of i don't know quality to it i'm playing this at the very beginning of the episode so everybody's already heard it but it's the loudest most melodic thing you can possibly think of the way i found this guy is he opened in boise at the botanical gardens he opened for jane's addiction no way it was just him playing on his fucking little drum machine and then two drummers in the back just beating the shit out of his beats (laughs) it knocked me on my ass everything that you could think of he tries to cram in here i think he gets all glitchy on x22 gives me a fever and the only cure is more cowbell (laughs) which he gives to you you tell me who else can fit cowbell into experimental electronic music (laughs) and make it actually cool kudos for that my only complaint from here on out is why the fuck is there a ballad on this album why did he stick dreary moon this just came out of nowhere and meh, it's like very 80s synth ballad and just yeah i just didn't didn't it, work for I you yeah i guess that's the only complaint i have i can really. understand it i feel like he gave us a break right after that. He knew that you're going to need to cool down, and like I had to peel myself off yeah. the wall, put down yeah, the hammer. Yeah, because X-22, the song leading into that is so fucking... It's the heaviest song on the album. Yeah. Just fucking and, pounding you in the face, and then he just kind of... So then whoop. after that, it's like meditation yeah. time to calm down and, and soothe the raging... <laughs> so then it gives you this PB3. Yeah. Which is a, a pretty awesome soundscape. I don't know. I know some people are not going to be really into that. I've that, talked that's... a lot about soundscapes. I'm not a fan of soundscapes for the most part, but there are certain ones that I like, and this one I like. 
I can name specific bands that do soundscapes I like. People yeah. like Pink Floyd. I mean, there's there's many many others, but I like this one. This mm-hmm. is a- it was a really cool like sonic journey i guess there's so many little things to let your mind wander around and that's kind of what i did really um the only other thing that kind of made me chuckle that i wanted to comment on is in the night that song sounds so familiar for whatever reason i don't know if it's like some forgotten abba hook that then turned dark (laughs) and ended up on this album it's seriously one of my favorites on this album oh Uh, so i'm not saying that in a bad way something about it sounded like i've heard it before you love you this summer the very end the, the way he closes it it almost sounds like it's a band i think that's an awesome way to wrap the whole thing up anybody that listens to this podcast a lot will hear me talk very frequently about synth wave and neo synth and all that sort of stuff. This was more of a vulnerable album to give to Svend because this one was very important to me, honestly. There is a specific type of darker 80s synth Blade Runner soundtrack or um, the old Blade Runner or the whatever 2049 that just came out like six years ago. That sort of music really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And this feels like kind of that album that I was waiting for. I hate using this. This album is fucking sexy. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm picturing like a beautiful woman that I'm in love with slow dancing in front of me. Okay. Um, note to all the strip clubs in Orlando. Um, <laughs> if you want them dollars from Obviously. David. <laughs> This is what your DJ needs to play. This is kind of the pinnacle of the Vangelis music that I like. The composer that wrote all the Blade Runner music, all that sort of stuff. To me, this is kind of the pinnacle of that. Yeah. Let's do some awards and categories. Mm -hmm. I usually start with Amazon bad reviews, but there was only one bad review. It wasn't funny. I like reading the funny bad reviews, and this wasn't funny. This was just like a... Douche. Oh, you're a gay slur, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? It was a troll. It was a troll. Exactly. Thank you. Influences and influencees. Um, I'll start. You've already started. Vangelis, the artist that wrote the Blade Runner shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Who was responsible for a lot of this style of music. That's who I put. I 100% agree with that. I also hear, like I mentioned, a little Nine Inch Nails and then like some Depeche Mode kind of stuff. Oh, Um, fuck yeah. Good. I mean, even... Even borderline tears for fears. Ooh. Um, oh, you know, there's a lot of that to a lot of these. I mean, there's there's plenty. You could Sven's you killing could dig it right through. Now. I'm, I'm, you could dig through that milk crate of '80s vinyl and probably find a bunch that I'm missing. He's tears for fearing. He's Depeche Mode. Like he's got David just in the, <laughs> the happy fucking... place, huh? Palm the darkest, hand the darkest yes. happy place that you can be. <laughs> Fine wine or skunk beer award. What do you got, Sven? Um, you know, I think in niche circles, people like you and, and people like me, maybe people that into this really specific type of sound, I think that this will age really, really well. Do I see it being mainstream? Probably not. Completely you know, agree. I mean it's sad because, like I said, this is one of my favorite albums of a long time. But this is, to me, if I had to pick, it'd be a Skunk Beer yeah. Award. People aren't going to listen to this said, for that being said, I think that if you swapped the drum sounds on a couple of these tracks and swapped it with a female vocalist, you would have a pop banger. Oh, okay. I think that if Jonathan was trying to make a pop hit, 
he would do it and it would be on here but it's definitely not i I don't think it's anywhere in his set of goals like can you sarcastically synth because i feel like he synths sarcastically sometimes i agree when i saw him i don't think he's being sarcastic and i love him for it i think he's just that cheesy when i saw him open for jane's addiction he was the stereotypical musician that i want to be he was the Super skinny, tattered jeans, faded white t-shirt, Ray-Bans on. He'd put his fucking drum machine on. He'd just get up and kind of fucking, you know. Wiggle. Dance around and sing. Like, exactly. He's an artist's artist, if you will. Never mind the Bullocks Award. I know that they, let's see, he released one in 2020. And I haven't listened to it. I haven't either. It's on my list now. I haven't heard his 2021, so I don't know. John Paul Jones Award. Ooh, I got a good one for this. Okay. Imagine him teaming up with David Bowie. (laughs) That's a good one. I'm just thinking what happened when Trent Reznor and Bowie Mm. did their thing. If that was in the realm of possibility, I would say that would have been the coolest thing to have on this album. Yeah, that's really good. The only one that I said, which pales in comparison to yours, there were a couple songs on here, like Love You This Summer, Uh and I can't think of the other one, that I would have wanted to hear maybe some female vocals. Yeah. He had some female backup vocals, but the one that kept popping into my head was Emily Haynes, who's the uh, metric. I'm not not super familiar. Emily Haynes? Yeah. Super calm. Okay. Electra. Like like a cool Enya. Maybe I need to just give you a metric. You do, oh, she's Canadian. <laughs> okay, we're totally rabbit holing, but... Um, John Popper Award. Do you have I, a best I hook? Don't. I don't have a best hook for this. There's nothing that just got stuck in my head that was like that one thing that... Whenever I call out a best hook, it's because it's something that's so catchy, I can't stop singing it. This one was like, I didn't feel like singing along to anything. I just wanted to drink more beer and open up a whiskey if I had one. So this ties into my John Popper Award. Yeah. And it's going to surprise you because it I think it might have been your least favorite song on it. Oh, God. But Dreary Moon. Oh, God. Which is kind of the, the very ending soft one. It would. At the very end, there is this kind of he's high-pitched and there's this female mm-hmm. vocal thing going on. And just sitting there with a whiskey is fucking amazing. Everybody get out your whiskey and just sit down and chill to this because this is amazing. Van Halen Award. I will start the very beginning of I Fucking Love You. Ooh. The vocals are these haunting multiple layers of operatic killing your ears with this huge boom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is a good one. I'm going a little different direction because you know me and I've already admitted it. Those sexy saxes. 
like all over that. Surfer Rosa Award. Me personally, it's not a Surfer Rosa Award. It's not top heavy. It's not bottom heavy. It's not anything. What about you, Sven? Yeah, yeah. It's not really. I feel like um, I almost was starting to think it was middle heavy because as I was listening through, I started gravitating to more of the songs that were like five, six, seven, eight, right in the middle. But not really. Not top heavy. Not bottom heavy. Time of Your Life Award. I'll go first. If I had to pick one, and this might surprise you, Sven. In fact, I'm pretty sure this would surprise you. Yeah. I I guess I'd pick X-22. Okay. To me, it doesn't necessarily fit with the album. This album is so much about satisfying, simple melodies and beats. And then all of a sudden, X-22 comes on. punching you in the face, which is awesome. It is. But it kind of throws me off. You just don't like cowbell. <laughs> That's it. Can you guess what I'm going to say for mine? I mean, I've jury, bitched about it enough already. Jury moon. Yeah. 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 Why, <laughs> Joe Nathan? Why? All right. Three best songs on the album. Let's go with you, Sven. Three best songs. What are your three? So my favorite definitely is Money Rain Down. In the Night, this is kind of a tie, I guess. In the Night and Love You This Summer are tied for... You really like the end of the album. The the middle and then the end. They're good songs. I'm not complaining. They're good songs. I don't feel like they're that much better, but you're making me pick three. The clear winner for me is is Money Rain Down. I, I just gush all over that song, but everything else is really good. My three best songs, starting at three... In Bewilderment to Sven is Dreary Moon. Number two is I Fucking Love You. Great lyrics in that song, too. Every rising sun has the right to go down. Jesus, that's a good line. Number one to me is Capsize. Okay. I mean, that really, you could almost swap that with any of my my last two. Who won the album, Sven? Fucking Jonathan Bates did. (laughs) I mean, I looked it up on Discogs. I didn't see any credits, so I'm assuming it's because he did it himself. I noticed that one of the labels he released on has half of his name in it. I'm feeling like he kind of did a lot of this just solo on his own, didn't want any help, didn't need any help. So he wins. Good job, Jonathan Um, Bates. I'm saying I won this album. All right. (laughs) Good job, David. Look, I'd been searching for an album like this for so long, and it spoke to me. This is just a David album, and that's all there is to it. And I'm selfish for giving it to spend, but that's what this nice. is all about, right? I give you an album I love and see Absolutely. what you think, right? And then I give you an album that I think is going to drive you crazy, whether or not I like we'll it. We'll find out. Svend, rate this album. I'm giving it a 172 out of 297 <laughs> sunflower seeds. That's so, how I feel about it. Oh, so... This album, and I'm fully admitting that it's more personal than overall. There's not a song I don't love on it. It's a band I saw live for the first time that knocked me on my ass. And even better, you know how when you buy an album after a show and it kind of, this isn't what I heard. I'm all too familiar with that feeling. It was the opposite. That's awesome. So to me, this is the second David's 10 out of 10. Nice. This is this is a perfect genre album. 
Big Black Delta, thank you so much for letting us play your music. Yeah. It sounds like Gusfend was a pretty big fan too. Seriously, I I'm a hu- I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Everyone should go check it out. Go go listen to this, please. I love it. We're going to take a break and we're going to go to our second album. Are you ready? Yeah, whenever you want. All right. For this week, um, <laughs> just because I love messing with David, <laughs> and I know how much he loves stuff you like this. Sure as fuck do. <laughs> I gave David Charlie Puth voice notes. You it. sure did. Charlie Puth voice notes. My goodness. Was he initially a YouTube star? Did he start with YouTube? He did start with YouTube. So some quick, quick little trivia. He is one of the people on this planet gifted with perfect pitch. Okay. For anyone listening that does not know what that is, it means that any sound he hears, any note he hears, he can tell you exactly what note it is without hearing any kind of reference or looking at any kind of... He just... Something that it. David has, god damn it. Sven just said flat in a C minor. Mm-hmm. Look at that. David's got it too. <laughs> if he has four tall cores lights, the perfect pitch yeah. kicks in. Um, the <laughs> other thing, voice notes, the title of the album, one of his tools in writing music is his iPhone, and he uses voice notes, that function, to record ideas he'll sing things into his phone if he if he thinks of a melody or thinks of a groove he'll beatbox it or sing it okay. and from what i understand he does a breakdown of a couple of the songs of this he actually ended up using some things on the album that were just recorded straight into his iphone and then built a whole track around it that's the reason why i listened to it in the first place and picked up charlie puth kid out of new jersey very well educated musically berkeley Manhattan. Mm -hmm. This is his second of two albums out in 2018. Basically self-produced tidbits of help here and there. I know he has has like a writing partner, but it's essentially Mm self-produced, right? Yeah. He describes his own sound like walking down a dirt road and listening to New Edition 1989 and being heartbroken. Uh, I don't know what that means. All right, but I I feel that's fairly accurate. I could. It's a stretch. I can I can see you know I could see that. <laughs> Sven, I'm begging you. I I I need a break. <laughs> At least I'm not Sven, the one that gave you 1989. We're gonna have to do the troll metal next time. Is what we're gonna have to do. <laughs> oh come on now, come on now. <laughs> So I'll start by saying that there's very obvious talent. I very much appreciate his vocals are fucking incredible. Very amazing. And I really do appreciate that he produces his own stuff. You look at his production rights and his credits and everything. And it it is like he does his own shit. But you know what? I knew there was a but. There was this giant but that I was just waiting for. But look, if I'm going by you and Rachel's logic in Taylor Swift's world, 
I shouldn't give a shit about who's producing it. <laughs> there is something about this music that is so unlikable to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so let me just say something I do like, which is the bass lines. The bass lines in his songs are fucking yeah. amazing. They're so good. They're these super yeah. pure, funk, yeah. basic, just awesome Baselines. You want to be even more disappointed? What's th- that? They're not actually basses. He's playing it on a keyboard. Oh. And at least on one song, I know that he used a keyboard's like guitar sound <laughs> and then just octaved it down. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but still, for one dude recording the whole damn thing in a room, what else are you going to do? And you know, his, his voice seems to fit the vibe. Mm-hmm. He does a really good job of fitting the voice with, with the instrumentation, with the beat. He does a really good job of fitting it all together. I think what makes me really not like this album is the lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was waiting, the, the, I was waiting to have this lyric discussion. The lyrics yeah. in this are so offensively bad. Wow. That they, L.A. girls. I was expecting you to say like immature. Um, beyond immature. Still, wow. Wow. Any song that you're listing girls' names, you can already go fuck yourself. You've just <laughs> no. lost it. Slow it down how long (laughs) there is so much annoying douchery in this it's like a super douchey version of bruno mars it's wow because bruno's already (laughs) exactly exactly take the weekend and timberlake and then take out all the soul Oh, and that's this. To oh, me. ouch! Like, I'm sorry, Charlie. <laughs> so sorry, Charlie. He doesn't care what I think or what no. we think because he's sitting in his mansion. It's true, and he's <laughs> so his success story, though, right? I mean, Fast and the Furious. Did you get into those movies at all? Not at all. Well, let's see. There's your problem. So let me ask you, are you a Charlie Puth fan? I am a Charlie Puth fan. Okay. I I won't say that I love everything on the album. I'm a fan of his talent. And when I like something that he does, I really, really like it. Okay. Um, I don't just kind of like it. I do agree. I I can't argue with your take on the lyrics. I've watched enough of how he does produce and compose that it is Mm -hmm. very much like an afterthought. He's... The process that I've seen him kind of walk people through in his videos when he's making, like, for he did a breakdown of attention. The lyrics weren't there for a lot of it. I think it was just a lot of just na 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 na. It was kind of an afterthought. So, yeah, not so much that I like every song on his album. He's done a lot of these breakdowns where he'll show you how he creates a song. I think this is this is why I like Charlie, I think, is because this is the way I write music. Oh, and, okay. and I've said this so many times. You know this about me. Like, I go to the lyrics last, and I hate, I hate, I hate writing lyrics. I can't. I'm not a poet. I, it, everything that I write sounds wrong to me. So eventually I just have to settle <laughs> on something because I, I would, I, I'll never have the right lyric. But here's the thing. Here's, here's where I have a problem with that. You would never sing a song about look i'm at some point in some way you have to hold lyricists accountable for what they're saying yeah when a lyricist is saying something like it was just one time i was drunk i fucked around but it was just one time bleep blop bleep blop 
And it's this super funky, uplifting, you might not consider yourself a lyricist, but you would never write that. Right. You definitely wouldn't. I don't know if it's just the young guy thing or if it's just the super, super douche thing, but the, I don't understand why lyricists don't think they have to be held responsible for things like even usher has done it and like tons of famous to me that's just what i hate about la and hollywood and i think that just comes along with i just feel like that's just that world i don't understand that world contributes a lot to the entertainment consumption of america maybe that's what it is Um, yeah i agree i i think that's just a problem with society and i i don't want to rabbit hole that because we're not gonna that's not this podcast, but I feel like he yeah. is just participating in, in that part of what's really common in our culture, whether it's lyricists or yeah. actors or politicians. But I agree. I don't consider myself a lyricist. It comes late. I, and I, I tend to, instead of going the route that he does, which I feel is more like... Douchey. Try, try, yeah, trying to portray this, like, cool party dude that kind of, like, I'm a, you know, everybody loves it's, me and everything. Okay. Spend, it's douchey. Yeah. You can just say it's And instead, douchey. I go, like, the nonsense route. I, I for me... Not douchey. Not douchey, yes. but also incoherent, mostly, <laughs> and more just, what? That makes no sense. So, I, yeah. You've given me Jacob Collier. Yeah. Who is the way, way more talented version of this. Right. And even him, the lyrics that he has, like, they're not good by any means, but they're not like this. Right. They're not frustratingly bad. Offensively bad, huh? Exactly. Like, I I don't know. It's it's really weird. It's it's active. I feel it's a character. He's trying to build this character around his public persona. Yeah. What's the last song on the album? Uh, Through It All? Through It All. Yeah. That's like a 13-year-old's version of My Way. Yeah. It's this... That guy went to Berkeley. Yeah. That dude has not been through it all. What through it all have you been? (laughs) You know what I mean? He's from rural New Jersey. Like, he has not been through shit. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? For me, the word is immature. I think, like, I feel like he he writes the way any teen... And he's not a teenager. He's young. He's definitely, he's young. I don't know exactly how old he is now off the top of my head. It reminds me of like stuff that I would say as a teenager when you think the whole world revolves around you. When you're young. I agree. You're in your own, you can't see past your own dick. You know, that's my world. Yes. Anything beyond that, I don't give a shit about. And I'm a little more, I guess, forgiving on that level, I think. (laughs) I think anybody um, that listens to this podcast knows that that's true. Yes. I am. You're definitely more lenient than I am. That's I for am. goddamn sure. Because <laughs> I will sit there and I will say, well, like, okay, Charlie, you're going to understand in like 10 years. <laughs> I don't know. This just kind of reminds me of like our Joiner, Joiner Lucas ADHD a little conversation. Bit. A little bit. Again, another one that I sent you that I kind of had an inkling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew a little bit of how you might react. Usually it's it's like over self-glorification that I'm like, ah, send this one to David and let him <laughs> rip this apart so I don't have to do that mental juggling and I can just love the music part of it. <laughs> and uh, and I think that's where we can leave it. I feel like you knew exactly what was going to happen with this one. The only thing that might shock people is even the cameos 
Um, Boys to Men was on this album. For real? Oh, yeah. Track seven, If You Leave Me Now. Oh, my God. For real? Yeah. That's hilarious. My notes, and I am trying to largen them right now so you can see that I'm not cheating. <laughs> if You Leave Me Now is very Boys to Men. <laughs> well, we know why, right? Yeah. I see it right there to the early 90s. Yeah. Well... <laughs> Um, it's very boys to it men. It takes me back to the early '90s. There is some incredible vocal work, and yeah, it's very boys okay. to men because <laughs> boys to men is featured on that song. Okay, I like that. So you got to at least admit he's got good friends. Yes, he does. <laughs> he keeps good but company. see, what I was aiming for was that he did a song with James Taylor. Yes, change. That's right. So I've been getting a lot of hate mail this week. I'm going to get more. Because you know who I don't really like? <laughs> I don't like James Taylor. I don't. Oh, I'm not a James man. Taylor guy. I Dude, don't. I think you just <laughs> stepped in it there. That's usually one of those things you just keep to yeah, yourself. Yeah, well, it's a podcast. I, mean, I can't do it. You, you're taking on Rolling Stones, James yeah, Taylor. Fuck Mick Jagger and fuck James Taylor. Let's... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Everybody, please... I love this man. Don't don't crush him too bad, please. I want to see him again in a week. All right. Categories. You know, I'm not going to read the Amazon reviews because same thing as I said as last time. They're not they're not really funny. They're just kind of shitting on it. The only thing that I want to mention about the reviews on this album is that they're all in different languages. Hey. International audience. Italian, French, German. They were all they all really didn't like this album in other <laughs> languages it was super weird oh man influences influences what you got i don't know what his i didn't hear a whole lot of anything that really stuck out beyond just he was making mainstream pop um, yeah i went early 90s I boys to men and usher yeah basically yeah some tracks you could definitely hear like southern florida kind of a thing Late 80s, early 90s, maybe. You know what's really fun, too? Anyone listening along? Like, honestly, you mentioned Jacob Collier being like the not-so-douchey version of this. Um, they're friends, or at least friends enough that they... they Are they? Oh, they stream together. You can look it up. It's pretty awesome when they one-up each other. Not really one-upping, but like they'll make commentary on each other's music or like play something and try to like, oh, I like what you did there. It's pretty fascinating to watch people that operate, like, so, you know, Jacob Collier, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to our, mm -hmm. um, that when I gave that to David, but, like, he is just brainiest, I think, I don't know, like, he's one of those musicians that made me want to quit music because he's that brilliant, intelligent, and good at it. It's just, see, see, see someone like that, and then see someone with, like, like Charlie Puth, who has perfect pitch and also is musically educated beyond... Beyond the quality of his lyrics. Gotcha. Um, and to see them sit there and talk chord structure, it's weird. I feel like if he did that with his lyrics, if he crafted lyrics the way that he crafts chords, this would have been a different review. I um, gotcha. Fine wine or skunk beer. I'm going to say this is skunk beer. I don't think this is going to stay around. The voice note style has been done before it. 
it's going to be done after it. Yeah. It's just the next in the queue. I, I can't disagree. Even the songs that I really like, there's an expiration date. And Charlie's going to have to keep writing. Never mind the Bullocks Award. I have no idea. That, is this his best album? I don't so? know that he's done any other full-length albums. No, I mean, he's got four. He's he's t- He's got four. I was not as familiar with the ones leading up to this. So he's got three that came out before this. And then after, I think he just works on everyone else's stuff. Gotcha. John Paul Jones Award. Have you heard of the the band or the group? I don't, the group duo? Maybe it's just one dude. Surfaces. Have you heard Surfaces? No. Okay. Well, I know what I'm gonna send you next. Uh oh. Continuing down this line of gifts for David. John Popper Award. The chorus to attention. Yes. That's a really really good hook. Yes, sir. Not gonna lie. Do you have a John Popper Awards fan? That is mine, but very specifically nice. the bass line from the chorus yes. that he played on a keyboard that's not a bass, that's actually just some plucked guitar sound. God damn it. Eddie Van Halen Award, the Way I Am vocal bridge, where he throws in his bit of... It's kind of a little minor change up there. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, do you have an uh, Eddie Van Halen Award? Spent? I don't, actually. I I didn't think that any one little thing was stood out as like a feature. He does a lot of stuff that just supports those yeah. lyrics that are awesome surfer rosa award i well i do think this album is better in the second half i don't think it's a surfer rosa album i don't think it's spiffy in the first amazing in the back what about you it's pretty much all even for me time of your life award uh sven what's your least favorite song on this album probably the very end I'm going to say through it all. Good choice. What about you? Well, I really want to agree with you on that because it's just such a terrible fucking song. (laughs) I extremely don't like how long. I don't like the super poppy fun. Mm. By the way, it's no big deal. Yeah. Right. Who likes fun? So sorry. (laughs) Didn't mean it. I was drunk. Right. The best three best songs on the album i'll go ahead and go first somebody told me is number three number two is patient and the my first favorite track and it's the only track that i think is good on this uh is done with me the female singing on kalani kalani thank you sven that is good the hook is good she's amazing yeah he he's good in that he plays well with it like that's a really good song well done for me is my number three okay and then like if it. you leave me now the one that features boys to men is my two and my number one is attention and i think it's only because that's the first song that i heard of charlie pooth's who won the album spent <sighs> Charlie Puth, because he did a great job for somebody that came out of nowhere, moved to L.A., somehow landed himself a freaking Hollywood movie soundtrack gig, and then all of a sudden became this producer everybody wanted. Yeah, while I'm at it, I'm going to go ahead and do my own album. So, fuck you, but also good job, Charlie. Whoever likes to listen to this... (laughs) All the fans of Fast and the Furious. Yes. Whoever likes to listen to this 
album, this style of album, every year it comes out, won the album. They won. Yeah. They did. Um, Sven, why don't you... I'm happy for them. Why don't you rate this album, Sven? I'm going to give it a whopping 10 out of 20. It's right in the middle of the road for me. Yeah. There's a lot of songs that are meh. The things that I like, I really like. The things that I don't like are just meh. I like it. Here's the thing about this album. This has made me do two rankings. Charlie Puth, you broke the ranking system. We just did Taylor Swift, ah. uh, 1989, who I gave 3 out of 10. I am moving Taylor Swift up. The reason that I'm moving Taylor Swift's 1989 up to 5 out of 10, because I really want Charlie Puth to feel when I give wow. him a 2 out of 10. Wow. I want, okay. <laughs> I, I want him to soak that in. This is Sven. This is the least favorite thing by far that I think you will ever give me. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Don't see <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> That's it for week 18. That's uh, it. <laughs> join us next week, and I am so fucking excited for next week because next week is the first installment of David and Sven's 10 out of 10s. Here's the gist. These albums, we give each other options. We give each other three options when we go into this. Three albums that we can pick from to review. And if, let's say that I give Sven an album that he's already heard and he loves. And he says, I can't, I can't review this. I know it and I love it. Well, I gave it to him because I know it and I love it. So what do we do with that album? Well, we put it into David and Sven's 10 out of 10s. And... We are doing our first one next week, and we got a guest. Are we? We got we got someone, somebody brand new that we've never even talked to twice on the show. Not even twice. <laughs> Not even twice. Nope. Evil, evil doesn't even know what he's he in. He doesn't for at well, all. Well, I know that he's getting off easy because usually we, we make him listen to an entire year worth of music, and this time he exactly. only has to talk one album. And. Given the what I know about how much he prepares, I think next week you and I can just drink beer and sit back and listen to Dr. Evil just lecture us. That's a good point. You and I should just listen to the album once, sit back. And then just let Evil do the rest. Let it happen. It'll be his podcast. Let Evil happen. Firstcoursefirst.com. That is the website. You can visit us there. You can go to Verse Course Verse Pod. That's our Instagram. You can visit our link tree there. We are on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. We're on all. We're everything you can possibly think of. We're on. That's all I got. I'm exhausted. Sven's exhausted. Leave us alone. Peace. I'm out.